0: Good evening, and welcome to our uh, Sunday evening broadcast. It is an honor to be with you all this Sunday evening. Hope you all all were able to get out on this beautiful day and enjoy the weather. Uh, I have not, but I hope that you were able to. Spring is definitely in the air, thank goodness. Uh, If you're a first-time guest with us, or uh, perhaps you were a turning guest, thank you. Thank you so much for taking uh, the Sunday evening to spend with us, and uh, we hope that the Word of God will bless you tonight and that you will continue to uh, tag in with us uh, during this COVID time where we're not having in-person services. We appreciate that so much. Uh, to all you regulars, I'll say, hey, it's good to see you all on this Sunday evening as well. Uh, remember to everyone, guest, uh, normal person here, routine person, if there's anything that you need to know about us, uh, you're most likely gonna find that at newarkupc.info. And there you can find all kind of information about us. If your life is busy, and you don't always catch these broadcasts live at 7 p.m. six days a week, uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, we have a media archive at NewarkUPC.info that has all of our private messages, um, especially those uh, during this COVID time this past year, and even those preceding that. And so there's lots of word there available for you, uh, available to you at your convenience. So you can go there as well. Um, so again, welcome and it's a pleasure to have you tonight. Well, let's play. Uh, pray. I'm getting my R's and L's mixed up tonight, and uh, we're going to jump into the Word of God. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. God, that we can gather together in your name. We thank you, Lord, for things like technology, God, that help us to join together when we can't be together in person. God, I'm asking that you would uh, bless us across these uh, Airways, if you will, that you would anoint us, oh God. Even though we're not uh, together, we're unified by your spirit, Lord Jesus. God, we ask that you would minister to each of us this night, Lord. Help us, oh God, understand your word. and Help us, God, comprehend how to apply it to our lives. What good is your word unless we apply it? Be with us this night, Lord Jesus. And the church said amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to share a parable tonight. In fact, you're going to hear parables over the next week or so. And uh we're going to glean from them. Um, again, I know the Word of God is rich. I love the word of God and uh, they're funny stories. in fact, this past week uh, if you tuned in, you probably were kind of bowled over by the topic we chose this whole yucky passages and and you know sharing stories of you know gross things and you go, these people are weird new well, we are kind of weird but we're like that. We're real people. and if you don't uh, if you don't attend this church regularly, that's one thing you have to know about us. We are real. And we believe in being genuine. And even in those odd passages of scriptures that way, there's always a, a lesson. You know, I've never found God one to talk just to be talking. Like right? there's something he wants us to know. So even in those yucky passages, for example, that we passed last uh, that we shared last week, uh, there's lessons we can glean from those. And God wants us to know how to apply his word to our lives. He's not trying to you know, hide it from us. And so these parables that we're going to be sharing with you over the next two weeks, Um, are just for that purpose. There are lessons in these that we can all glean from uh, and apply to our lives. And so uh, tonight I'm going to share to you a parable that's most often referred to as the wheat and the tares. Uh, In in this version I'm reading to you from the NLT tonight, uh, it's the wheat and wheat, which I think in our more modern vernacular is how we call tares. We call them uh, weeds. And uh, if you're a gardener, if you're somebody that likes to plant, you know, weeds are a pain. And uh, so Jesus is sharing this parable with the crowds, and I'm going to pick up in Matthew 13, and I'm going to start with verse 24. And he's he's already told them some parables ahead of time, and so verse 24 picks up and says, uh, "Here's another story Jesus told: The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field, but that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away." When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grow or also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? The enemy had done this. The farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? They asked. I mean, that's a logical question, right? you know, I'm not much of a gardener, but my my mom is. And I know she goes out and she weeds, you know, and that's a thing uh, to do. So that was a logical question. You know, should we pull out the weeds? But the farmer responded, no, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them. And to put the wheat, in the barns. Now notice here that the workers were baffled about how the weeds entered the field, but the farmer knew exactly what happened and how he, note, how he planned to take care of both the weeds and the wheat. So I'm going to drop down to verse 36 in that same chapter. And I love it when Jesus explains the parable. Some of them he kind of just leaves hanging there. But again, he wants us to know. So in this case, uh, he explains. In fact, he explains at the prompting of his um, disciples. Verse 36 picks up and says, Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. And Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who planted the good seed. The field, is the world. And the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the harvesters are the angels. So Jesus lays out there all the players in, in, this, in this scenario that's happening here. And verse 40 says: just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The son of man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. The angel will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And again, I think I shared this when I was um, sharing with you all early in the week the parable about the rich man and Lazarus. Is that when Jesus presents us with these parables, uh, there's spiritual meaning to these parables. And so when he says to, to him that has ears to hear, he's not talking about your physical ears where you hear the words that I'm saying, but your spiritual ears where you have understanding of the, of the spiritual implications of these stories. And so, I'm thankful that that, again, that that parable also included the interpretation. And so we don't have to figure it out. That parable is really, really clean cut. It's really straightforward. There's no guesswork involved. He explains each aspect of that of that parable and who they are and what those things represent. And so he paints a very uh, p- uh, clear picture here of what happens in this kingdom and exactly who does what. This is a very important message, uh, especially to the church, because we need to understand how to treat those who are growing alongside of us, uh, and how how we treat them greatly affects their success or even their demise in the kingdom. Have you ever been disgusted with someone in church, and you were convinced that they were no good, that they were downright ungodly, right? You know that you, you wanted something done about them. Some of you are saying, mm-hmm, "I sure did," you know. At a minimum, you wanted them have them to have a harsh reprimand, you know something, you know, deal with them. But on a really bad day, maybe you were having a bad day and you were just sick of this person. You know, you wanted them kicked out. Somebody should, you know, throw them out. Or perhaps this person was a bad influence, somebody out of control. And you thought, yeah, something needs to be done about them. Now, we've all had those bad days, but, you know, those days are days that kind of check our spirit, kind of tell us where we are in in our maturity. But then there's another person um, who has experienced a new birth and nothing seems to have changed. We'll give you a second for, the, for somebody to roll into your mind. Oh, they, you know, at least far as you can tell, right? They, they've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're all fired up, but a good time has passed, and, you know, seems like nothing has changed. You know, they're still cussing and smoking and barely making it to church, and and when they do, they're late, and, you know, they, they, they talk the same, they, Dress the same and you wonder what Bible are these folks reading? Right? Don't they hear the preach word? Don't they know that they should be applying what they learn? Oh. but then there's there's that person who's just thriving. I'm talking about the things that we can see on the outside. They just thrive and they've been born again and, and boom, boom, boom. Like their lives seem to be transformed right before our very eyes. We see this transformation happening. They come to church regularly, they're in a small group, you know, and, and they're, they're talking right and acting right. And, and as far as you can tell, and, and they're, just, they're just thriving. And, and and that's on the outside, it's the part you can see. But behind the scene, the part you don't see, you know, They're still practicing sin. And I'm using that word practicing on purpose because church, we need to keep it real. We all still sin, right? That's why God gave us repentance, right? Because we all still sin. But I use the word practicing in that scenario because there's a difference between sinning and deliberately going about sinning, right? Not trying to refrain, just going about business as usual. But this person in the scenario, I mean, they just, you know, on the back end, they just still living as they were we may have a very different opinion about them than that person who's out of control that we were talking about in that first scenario that I shared with you, because our our opinion of them is based on limited knowledge. And so I shared those stories with you um, just to give you a couple examples of why we need to let the Lord sort it out. And that's what I'm titling my message this, this evening. Let the Lord sort it out. So let me tell you about this young lady. As I was preparing for this lesson, I thought about this young lady that I that I know. And she was worldly and she was carnal as she could be. And when she was about 24 years old, the Lord really began to deal with her about surrendering her life to him. You know, at that time, you know, she was living with her boyfriend and she was planning to marry him soon. And she had her own plan. She had her own idea about what her life was going to be like. But in the meantime, she started learning more about the heart and she realized just how far she was from him. And she decided that she was going to leave that old life and she was going to live for Christ. Yeah, she did that. It was great, right? I remember, I remember in detail how great it was. She repented of her sins and she went down those waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And though and behold, God filled her with his spirit. It was awesome. And after that initial experience, She went back home. Mm -hmm. She went right back home with her boyfriend, whom she was living with at that time. And there, that redeemed woman noticed that her status had changed. Her address had not. Her lifestyle wasn't necessarily cleaned up, but her status with Christ had changed. That redeemed woman went back home and she lived for at least, yeah, I think it was at least another year. With that same dude she was living with before she was saved. I'll use our church vernacular there. And they had a little girl, but that mom continued to grow, really grow. But she also struggled, really struggled. Some days the work of God, that that the work that God was doing in her life was visible. You know, she dressed modest and she spoke right, and she was reprioritizing life to make room for God. And she even gave in the offering sometimes. But other days, she outwardly reverted back. Notice I said she outwardly reverted back. Oh, she still cuts like a sailor sometimes. You know, she there was times where she had a little bit too much leg hanging out. You know what I'm talking about? And and oh, when it came to giving, she was shady. She think. God, I got to pay my bills. and I don't have money to give to the kingdom. But all in all, I never planned to go back to the life that I was living. I never planned to leave this new life that Christ had brought me into. I was pressing for the kingdom. Oh, wait a minute. Did I say I? I'm sorry. I was talking about that young lady that I, that I that I knew. Anyway, she swung over time. She, she eventually swung both legs over the fence. That's what I call that. When we, you know, we're divided, you know, we're not, we haven't decided, you know, we haven't cleaned things up and, and none of us have arrived, but you know, at some point she said, you know what, I'm going to go all in And she she swung both legs over the fence and, and she's still not perfect, you know, but she's started having in Christ. And if you were an unwise field hand, you go back to our parable, right? If you were one of those farmers workers and, 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 you, you know, perhaps you know you wouldn't ask the farmer, but you're taking things in your own hand. If you were an unwise field hand, you might have weeded her out before you could ever know that she was really wheat. Weeds and struggling wheat, to the natural eye, to the natural man, how you want to look at that, can be very difficult to differentiate. I'm gonna repeat that one more time. Weeds and struggling wheat to the natural man can be very difficult to differentiate. It's hard to tell which is which. Now, let me tell you one more story because I had lots of stories coming up in my mind as I was prepared for this lesson. So early on when I was about 30, I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am now. Some of you know me, you know, but let's just say it was quite a while ago. I was about 30 years old and I was uh, working with the youth in our church. And we had lots of kids coming. We had lots of teenagers coming, uh, high schoolers in particular. And they were coming from Newark, Delaware, and Wilmington, Delaware, and Pennsville, New Jersey. And if you guys are local, you know these areas I'm talking about here. And we were all excited um, because this class was bubbling over. And we had kids that had grown up in the church and kids who barely knew anything about God and suburban kids and city kids, and we had black kids and white kids, Latina kids, you know, kids from two-parent homes and kids from single-parent homes, and you name it, it was great, right? We just had this whole, you know, kerfuffle of kids here, and it was really great. But there was this one young man who began to come very, uh I guess he he came pretty fairly, uh He came fairly regularly. And to my eyes, this young man was... I'll say he was he was at least coming. You know how we feel about that in the church. At least he's coming. And uh, he he was rough, though. He was he was definitely rough, more than rough around the edges. But but he was coming. And I thought, oh, okay, well, at least he's coming. You know, I don't know how much he paid attention to the lessons and, you know, I don't know what was soaking in. But at at least he was coming. So uh, Stephen Beardsley, who's the senior pastor now, again, I'm, I'm talking to those of you who are in and who are out. Uh, who, who was also a teacher with me at that time, and it seemed like, you know, to me. Notice I said to me, somebody like kind of had it in for this for this one kid, and, and I'm, you know, the mama thing kicks in, and this child is my oldest stepdaughter's age, and and you know, somewhere I'm thinking, you know, why is he picking on this kid? And so, so one day I said to him, you know, give, Steve, give, give him a break. I don't remember the exact words again. It's been many moons ago, but you know, give him a break. You know, at least he's coming. And I remember Steve looking at me and he said, he's a wolf. Oh, what? Yeah, he's a wolf. And I went, oh, you know, I'm sure I did that anyway. Again, just to my recollection. In other words, he's got ill motives. He's not coming here because he wants to learn. He's not coming here, you know, because he's, he's striving. He's preying on these young girls that are in this Class, and there was there was you know one in particular that as, as I thought about this I recall that he was definitely on her heels and if not two and 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 God had let him know he was being spiritually sensitive is the reason why I, I mentioned that story that that no nah, this this kid here now he didn't kick him out but he did talk to him right he did try to deal with him and eventually my recollection is the young man left on his own like he he stopped coming on his own and so I. I told you that last story, uh, not to say that this young man should have been weeded out, right? Because this parable doesn't lend itself to that, right? Not to, not to say that we should have kicked them out because the the scripture gives us a way to deal with difficult situations and difficult people. And, and, but I shared that story, um, with you as an example of how easy it is for us to get it wrong, right? Some of us count ourselves as so great at, you know, being able to read people, you want those people. I am famous for that, so that's something I have to deal with. God had to deal with me about, um, you know. But and especially, oh God forbid, those spirit-filled folk, right? You know, and and yeah, but even spiritual folk can get it wrong, especially if you're not asking the spirit. You just taking it upon yourself to make a determination about this person, and so uh, it's very easy for us to get it wrong. You know, we look at wheat and we call them weeds. We look at weeds and we call them wheat. We often get it wrong, and so. Uh, it's 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 best that we stay in our place. So let's go back to this to the, some of the details of this parable, right? So Jesus made it very clear who the players were in this parable, right? The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world. The good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy, the evil one, is the one who planted. I'm sorry, is the devil. He's the one who planted the weeds among the wheat. The harvest is the end of the world. So know how far that is. In other words, the harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angels. Know that we when I say we, I mean the church, we are not the harvesters. The farmer is going to give instructions to the harvesters about what to do with the wheat and the wheat when it's time. Notice when it's time. And he's the only one that makes that determination. And according to this parable, it's going to be when the end comes. So in the meantime, you know, there's there's going to be some um, there's going to be a mixture here. The church needs to stay in this lane. The church is called to make disciples. That's the church's word. The church is called to make disciples. And even in the process of making disciples, things get messy, right? People are messy. You know, you. Whoever you are, you're messy. Me, I'm messy. You know, you, you depend on which day you catch me on. Right. And, and, and people are messy. That's just the way it is. But yeah, even in this process where we're making disciples, uh, there are times when correction is necessary. Right. You, you can't just have havoc running in your church. Or when you, right? Things are going to get, the correction is necessary, but correction is for the purpose of helping, not for destroying. Correction is for the purpose of restoration. Again, not for destroy. God is the only one who determines who goes this way and who goes that way. He's gonna He's gonna determine that in the end, according to His own time. And so we get it. We get it confused. I was looking at um, 2 Timothy uh, two nineteen when Paul was encouraging Timothy. And in the midst of that encouragement with Timothy, he made this statement: "The Lord knows those who are His. Who knows? The Lord knows those who are His. We don't know. We really don't. You know, at funerals all the time, we want to make these determinations about who I know he's with the Lord, and we like to, you know, I I want to believe everybody's with the Lord, but we don't, we don't, all we all we know who's going, you know, to hell, and we don't know. Only the Lord knows. So the church." This church is gonna be a mixed bag. It's supposed to be a mixed bag. And but what I mean by a mixed bag is that, you know, in the church they're gonna be mature disciples. They're gonna there'll be people that have it more together, right? They're gonna be mm, less mature disciples. You know, some of those, you know, a little bit more wishy-washy, and and then they're gonna be those who are downright clueless. Right? be call these babes, these you know, the little ones who, who don't have it together much at all. Again, think about your own small children you had. The little kids don't have it together. They they scream when they shouldn't scream. And they, you know, they they do all kinds of things. You expect that of babes. So the church is a mixed bag in that regard. But unfortunately, because the devil's mission is to thwart the kingdom of God. That's his mission. Which I think by now he realizes he can't. He's not throwing off God's plan. But what he can do Is so weeds. So since he can't destroy it, he's going to make it as hard as possible. He's going to make things confusing. He's going to sin. That's what the parable said, right? The devil is the one who sowed the weeds in the field. And so right now, all those are coexisting mature saints, in between saints, babes. And yes, these weeds, they're all coexisting together. And they're going to be until the time of harvest. The scripture just told that. that's the way it's going to be until the end comes. And so that means that in our congregations, let's bring it right home to where we live. Right, there are going to be some that are sent by the enemy. You're not necessarily going to know who they are, though. Sometimes God will give us discernment and tell us how to deal with those people. Um, and other times he won't. And if you go and you start yanking up, you know, they got to go. Why right? you start yanking, well, you want to jack up those that, the weed is a, that those weeds are attached to. Some of those weeds are attached to family members who are wheat in the church. Think about that. Some of those weeds are attached to family members. You go yanking up those weeds and you want to yank up that family too. Because people have a hard time understanding Sometimes, right, especially when it's people that are close to us, they have a hard time understanding why their son or their daughter, or you know, whatever, is being treated a certain way. And so, you got to be careful how, how you deal. You can't just go yanking up indiscriminately. You don't know. You're not the farmer. Stay in your lane. Stay in your role. And so, uh, the there are babes in the church who don't understand. You know, there's there's times when you know, again, you're looking around church, he goes, why why don't why don't they do something about that? they are, are babes in this church, in this congregation. Those people i dealt with in that setting, I mean, these babes are going to misunderstand. They're going to read that wrong and you're going to cost them. So we don't want to lose anybody because that's our job. Our role is to further God's kingdom, which is to help those that God puts in contact with, help them make it. Right. We're not the harvesters. It's not our role to step over that line and to, and to start reading out folks. And so let the Lord sort it out. That's that's what we let the Lord sort it out. Sometimes the ungodly will leave. They'll leave on their own. You know, you got the atmosphere so that the spirit of God is 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 active in that place. And you know, it ain't comfortable when you're not godly. You know, the, the Bible says, uh, you know, re- resisted that when he will flee. You know, devil find no comfortable place. Man, let me go somewhere else that's easy. And so so there's there's ways the Spirit of God deals with things, but just you don't deal with it. Unless God directs you to. And I think those times uh happen, uh those things happen sometimes as well, where God will direct you to deal with something specific specifically. But that doesn't happen. You leave those weeds alone. And you let the farmer and the harvesters deal with it in the end. Verse 41 says that When Jesus returns, he will indeed do that. Says the son of man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin. And all that do evil. Let the Lord sort it out. Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for reminding us of our role in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. And God, just as you said, you came to seek and save that which is lost. God, we're here to further your mission, God. We're, we're, we want to be on your side. We want to be in our lane. You are God of decency and order. You have an order to things and how we should conduct those things. Help us, O oh God, to walk in the discernment of your spirit. Help us, O oh God, to walk always in the spirit of love. And to keep in mind that even when we have those difficult people, Lord Jesus, even when we have those who are, they are not walking according to your ways, that when we speak to them or when we approach them, God, we deal with them in the spirit of restoration in the spirit of, of 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 helping them be right to get back on the right track, God. Help us, God, have a right heart towards your people, Lord Jesus. And your word says, take heed lest ye fall. Sometimes we get so uh, uh, focused on other people that we forget our, our fragileness in your kingdom, God. God, keep us all, Lord Jesus. Help us, oh God, to flourish in you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. Help us to be found in a right place with you when the end comes, Lord, that we can go home to be with you, Lord Jesus. We worship you this night, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live according to it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I appreciate you spending a little time with me tonight. I hope that, that some of these parables and some of these stories, again, they, they're they ones that maybe we haven't read in a while. And, and they're, they're good refreshers. They're good reminders um, of of. Of principles that God wants us to, to live by and remember. So hopefully this is one of those that oh maybe I haven't heard that in a while. Um but yeah let, let let's let's continue to strive to be in the right place with God and our neighbor. Uh, again, if you need anything, any information, this coming week is a small group week. So uh, make sure that you are making room in your in your schedule for those small groups at 7 30. And with that meet online. If you want to know how to join a small group or if you need any information about small groups, go to the small group card at newarkubc.info, And there's a card that says online small groups. And behind that card is all the information you need on how to connect with us uh, online. Well, God bless you all. And we will see you here again on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. And we'll talk about some more parables and we'll share those with you then. God bless you all and have a wonderful night.